Hi there! Welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner, and unfortunately, unfortunately for you, and for me too, I am alone this week. Um, <laughs> KW and I have been having some scheduling issues, mostly due to me working evenings and not being available at the times a normal person would be available. So, in the interest of not getting too far behind schedule, I decided to do a, a little solo episode. And we're going to talk about world building today, specifically fantasy world building, because that is sort of what I'm focused on most right now, especially. And I guess I will, along the way, give you a little bit of insight into my process and the resources I use. So if you are a writer looking to build your own fantasy world, hopefully this will be helpful. If you're just a regular old listener, uh, hopefully this is a little bit interesting. We'll see. (laughs) So the reason I decided to talk about this today is we are a pop culture podcast, but pop culture includes writing. And we're both writers, so I feel like it's been a little while since we've really talked about writing or our processes, so here we are. The reason I'm interested in this in particular right now is I'm actually actively creating a fantasy world for my next series of novels. (laughs) I don't know when when I will finish writing the first one. It is in the process of being written. I don't know why I use passive voice for this. I am in the process of writing it. It's very early in in the process. So I've only got about 7,000 words and they're not great. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's, let's go back to the drawing board and let's start with the world. And we'll build it out from there. And I think things will sort of slot into place as we do that. So I've been doing a lot of reading books about building worlds, which are interesting, but they can get a little bit dry too. (laughs) And just seeing where that process takes me. So this world is called Visarna, and the way I began it was with a map. Because maps always sort of get my imagination going. They get my creativity going. There are a lot of good resources online especially for generating maps. There are also ones for creating maps of your own. But to start with the generators, Asgard's Fantasy Map Generator is a great one. That's actually what I used to generate Visarna. And then I decided I wanted two continents. And there are a number of countries in each one, seven or eight. So I think there are 15 total. And then what I did was I took all that information, and I made it my own. I changed all the names, but obviously the basic land masses stayed the same, and that just really kind of got the ball rolling. So I started building a world Bible, and for people who are just readers, a world Bible is pretty much what it sounds like. It is a big book or document that holds all the details of your world. So you can go back and and refer to it later on. <laughs> and that's something that I really need because 
like I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna remember all this stuff and then it comes to book three and I'm like wait what color was that person's eyes or like what direction was that city in? <laughs> so it's very useful stuff the way I've set it up right now I have a literal notebook and I put some stickers on it <laughs> to make it pretty <laughs> And I split it up into each country has its own page. And you're going to hear some paper rustling because I'm kind of flipping through it. And then after all of the country pages, I've got miscellaneous pages. The first one that I really wanted to focus on was theme. So the reason I believe theme is important is I kind of want the world to feel coherent and cohesive and it's helpful for me as a writer because I want to make sure each book even though the characters are different the locations are different at least as I'm planning them out in my head I want the feel to stay the same so the themes that I wrote down for Visarna are hope adventure and discovery and I think those come about in different ways Hope is, hope is really important to me because with Game of Thrones, I've talked about this in person, if you bring up fantasy, Game of Thrones is generally bound to come up, and I will probably try to make this point. And Game of Thrones is great, at least the books were very interesting. I don't know if we'll ever see the sixth book, but uh, (laughs) it really kicked off this, at least the TV show, when the TV show started, it really kicked off this grimdark fantasy phase and grimdark is great if you like it grimdark is a a genre term for things that are very dark fantasy that is sort of bleak and hopeless and evil wins the good guys don't always win the good guys get their heads cut off at the begin at the end of the first book like ned stark does just Everything is a struggle. There's a lot of racism and sexism and all that stuff. And it's not like it's interesting as a genre, but getting inundated with that stuff is really tiring to me. So it's not, I've sort of, I've really pivoted away from that. And I want to center the idea of hope in this world. Good guys can save the day people can get rewarded for doing good things. Like I want goodness to matter, (laughs) even though it doesn't always in the real world. So that's why I'm very interested in hope with this world. Adventure. Again, if you know me, you know that I love D&D and action movies, adventure movies, and just things where people get to have fun and get to go on big quests and things like that. So I wanted to tap in, tap into that sense of fun that comes with adventures. So that's what that's about. And then the last one is discovery. And I think it's going to be a pivot for my last world. So the the Heart Friends series is my first epic fantasy series. And it is set in, I don't actually have a name for the whole world, but the main countries are Suniva, Tamadoras, Madrost. And in that world, magic is dying. And the characters have to 
figure out how to cope with that and also maybe in the third book figure out how to fix that and the Sarna really takes a step away from that and is about new magics being discovered so there's this well automatons are a new thing in this world the sort of the way to build them and spark them into life came about only maybe five or ten years ago and new gods are being created and discovered so i want this world to feel like there's a lot that's unknown that the characters can discover and tap into like there's always more to explore is the is the field that i'm going for so those are the themes i don't think every world needs to have a theme or multiple but i think it's helpful to sort of order my thoughts and order what kind of stories I want to tell and different things like that. So at the beginning of starting a world, I think you also want to think about the scope of it. The scope of the short story is going to be a lot different than the scope of a novel. And the scope of a novel is going to be different than a series of novels, which is what I'm ultimately planning to do. So yeah, that's important to keep in mind because you don't want to bog the reader down with too much detail, no matter how long the story or the novel is. Yeah, so you don't want to make this giant world if you're just going to tell a sh- short story in it, because that's a lot of extra work that you don't have to do. A lot of times with short stories, I like to start with a tidbit. Like, I wrote a short story that has not found a home yet, and I'm hoping <laughs> it will soon. But the gist of the short story is there are monsters in the swamp nearby the village. And that's kind of all the world building I really needed to do with that. Because it's a short story, it's it's actually flash fiction. I think it's a thousand words long. So I'm not going to spend 500 of those words <laughs> on the world building. Juxtapose that with a series of novels, and I'm building this world that has 15 different countries in it and each one is getting its own page in my notebook. I do plan to write at least one short story in each country, but by the time that happens, I will have built enough of the world that I can sort of make it come alive without too much detail, hopefully. Anyway, my point about scope is just don't burn yourself out. I've been working on building this world for like a year and a half now, and it's still not close to being finished. I think I'm going to work on it for like at least a decade, probably. And I'll be happy to do it. Anyway, so I got off track a little bit uh, talking about maps. Is <laughs> how we started this. And I want to give you a number of other resources. So there is one called Wadaboo's Medieval Fantasy City Generator, which I also like a lot. And you could decide if it's small, medium, or large. And you could input a lot of other things like, is it by the coast? How many districts does it have? And all that stuff. And I think it's just a really cool tool for coming up with ideas. So if you sort of struggle like me to build a visual in your head, I think maps are a great place to start because it could spark an idea or it can give substance to an idea that you already have. 
So sometimes I'm like, okay, I've got this story, but I don't really know where I want it to be set. And I could just generate a city and see if that works. And if it doesn't, well, if it does, great. But if it doesn't, then I can generate another one or we could try a new option. Oh, there's also Don John Fantasy World Generator, which will build you a map. And then there are some resources that allow you to build a map from scratch, like Incarnate. That's I-N-K-A-R-N-A-T-E. Those sort of things are great for um, if you've already got something in your mind, you want to make it your own, make it come to life. Those are great for that. So if you are a visual person, I definitely suggest starting out with a map. The other way to go, which I alluded to at the beginning, is there are like a ton of fantasy world building books out there. I think it's great that we live in an age where the act of creating your own fantasy world, whether it's for novels or RPGs or whatever, is common enough that there are so many resources out there. Honestly, all you have to do is really Google fantasy world building and you'll come up with a bunch of different options. But I'm going to go through a couple books that have helped me a lot. One is actually the Dungeon Master's Guide from Dungeons and Dragons. It's put out by Wizards of the Coast. And it, yeah, it involves a lot of questions about what your world is going to look like. And it includes like random tables and generators and different things like that. So you could sort of, if you've got one section in mind, like I really want to build around a religion and the religion looks like this, that's really cool. But if you're thin on like, oh, I don't know what commerce is going to look like. You can use books like this to flesh out the things that you're not super confident about. So I think the Dungeon Master's Guide is a good place to start. It goes through things like mapping out your world and creating multiverses, creating beasts and monsters and NPCs, which are non-player characters, which you can turn into, you know, the characters who your main characters come across in an inn and different things like that. Okay, along those lines, a lot of this stuff is going to come from the world of role-playing games because there's a long history of dungeon masters creating their own worlds for their home campaigns and things like that. So there are books like The World Builder's Journal of Legendary Adventures, 365 Questions to Help You Create Mythical Characters, Storied Worlds, and Unique Campaigns, which I've worked on a little bit. The Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide is pretty cool. I got some good stuff out of that one. World Building for Writers, The Complete Handbook, From Constructed Languages to Mythical Realms, 30 Days of World Building, an author's step-by-step guide to building fictional worlds. Fantasy World Building, a guide to developing mythic worlds and legendary creatures. So there's a ton of stuff out there. I tend to like the workbooks where I can write directly in them and sort of work out my thoughts. And then once I have something I like, I will transfer it to my notebook. And eventually it will become, the notebook will become a Word document. But uh, for right now, it's just... A lot of scribbles and scratches and all of that stuff. Yeah, so once you've got the shape of the world, either 
literally from a map or metaphorically, it's important to think about magic because this is a fantasy world and magic is going to feature in some way. One of the ways could be like in the Heartfriend series where magic is waning, it's withering, and there's not a ton of access to it. Or it could be something like Dungeons and Dragons, where there are multiple ways to access magic. You can be a sorcerer, you can be a wizard, you can study magic, you can get magic from pledging yourself to a god. It's fairly easily accessible if that's what your character wants to do. But also, if your character would rather be a fighter type or something like that, they don't have to have access to magic at all. And then there's a third option, which is sort of what I'm going for in the Sarna, which is magical discovery, I guess. There is magic in the world. It is fairly easily accessible for people who want to access it, or at least low-level magic is. But then there's always more to come, more to explore, more to find out and discover about the world. So you want to make that decision first, I think, because it's going to inform everything that comes afterward. And one thing to decide is how people can access magic. Some of the ideas that I'm working with in Visarda are learning magic by studying. You have abilities granted by a patron god, and there are limited abilities granted by an object. And those are pretty standard, but, you know, I'll be diving into them more once I get a little bit further into world building. But yeah, that's going to basically inform your stories because characters moving through a world with low magic looks a lot different than characters moving through a world where magic is everywhere and anyone can access it. So you want to think about that a lot. And it might be a case of like, you want to mix it up. Maybe if you've got two continents like I do, Maybe magic exists everywhere in the Western continent. But in the Eastern continent, it's a little bit more limited and stuff like that. So you can definitely explore things like that. Another thing you can think about is fantasy races. So interestingly, a lot of the Sarna is sort of in reaction to the Heart Friends world, just in the sense that I don't want to do the same thing twice. So in the Heart Friends, I really made a choice to keep it very limited to humans. There aren't other races at all. It's just humans in a fantasy world. And that was a deliberate choice. And then this one, because I'm looking to do something different, I want to populate it with with a lot more fantasy races, including, you know, the typical ones like elves and dwarves and orcs and and all those sort of things. And I'm actually in the process of creating my own race, so we'll see how how that goes. But that's definitely something to think about because it's gonna it's gonna inform your world and it's gonna inform how your characters move about the world. Some other things to think about. I'm just gonna give you a list, so this might be not very exciting, but you can think about the calendar of the world, what buildings look like, what kind of landmarks are around, the governments, what conflicts are between people, the languages of the world trade and resources, the militaries, what kind of myths and legends abound in the world, and how do they differ between peoples, 
what sorts of organizations are in the world, like professions and guilds? What do the arts and literature look like in the world? Religion's always a big one in fantasy because uh, you can do so many things with it. You can have you know gods give their priests magic, different things like that. You can have people following evil gods without any qualms. Uh, you can do a lot with, with gods in fantasy. What do the flora and fauna look like? Is there anything interesting regarding that? What about technology? What does the technology look like in the world? And traditions. What do traditions among people look like? So those are some ideas to get you started. And some other pages of my notebook include the timeline of conflicts and when things happen in between countries. I'm starting one on the Pantheon of Gods. I have a page on what I think will be my main characters, just writing down, like, are they human? Are they elf? Are they something else? What kind of profession do they have? And things like that. I have a page on creatures and monsters. Very excited because I'm going to bring in moose somehow. I think moose are great because they're so big and so scary. Um, (laughs) And I want to put them in there somehow. But yeah, I think that's sort of the gist of everything. So yeah, I kind of wish KW were here so she can ask me some questions or input her, her own thoughts. But the act of creating a world is a lot of work and there's a lot of thought that goes into it if you're building a big one but it's a lot of fun it can be really rewarding i just started writing a short story in one of the countries and that's kind of exciting because it's different from the novel they take place in different areas and oh yeah i've got a lot of ideas and i just kind of can't wait to implement them and let the pieces slide into place and different things like that A book that I forgot to mention, one of my friends loaned it to me and it was really interesting and useful. It's called Spectacular Settlements. It's from Nord Publishing. It will just walk you through creating different settlements from small ones like Trading Post to big ones like Capital Cities. And there are worksheets that come with it. And you can just kind of go through and you can roll some dice if you want to. Or you can pick out stuff from the tables, but you can build entire settlements. And I've got, I came out of that book with like five or six different settlements and ideas for stories that take place in those settlements. So it ended up being really useful for me. But yeah, I think if you're interested in creating a world, you want to just pick a place to dive in. If you want to start with a map, start with a map. If you want to start with an idea, like automatons are new and how are these people responding to their presence like all of that stuff start with that idea or if you want to start with a character i like to start my story ideas with characters so like this is the kind of character i want to create and what sort of situation do i want to put them in but you can start with the character and say i want to build a barbarian and where does their power come from where does their rage come from what, why are they mad? <laughs> why are they fighting? And just sort of build it out from there. So you can definitely start with something small and build out until you just have a big old tapestry. Or if you want to start from the big 
15 country map, (laughs) you can do that too and work your way inward. Yeah, so that is where I am in the process of creating Vasarna, the world of Vasarna. I am working on the first novel in it. I'm intending for the novels to be standalones, although eventually, like, I will come back and revisit the same characters, I think. But that's for a long way down down the road. So more of a Discworld type series than Game of Thrones, where everything builds upon the last book and you can't read them out of order and things like that. So I hope you enjoyed this peek into my perspective and my writing. Yeah, if you are a new writer and this was helpful for you, awesome. I'm glad. If you're a veteran writer and you want to come on the pod to talk about the world building you've done and the books you've written, that's awesome too. So yeah, thank you for sticking with me for half an hour while I talk about this. Uh, (laughs) We'll be back in two weeks, hopefully. KW will be back and we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff. In the meantime, you can connect with us at our website, positivelypopculture.com. Or you can email us at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Yeah, and that's it. So thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a great day. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pop.